yeah hit record all right and i'm just gonna sync three two one oh man you know what this booth was one of the best investments that i made 1500 bucks i didn't think you had a booth i thought the booth was gone no no oh are you talking about the really big wooden one yeah that's the last booth i remember what's this new booth Oh, has it, Siri? It has not been that long since you've been around. You've been around to my place. You've seen the studio setup I've had upstairs, the blue wall and everything. Oh, so is that, are you just calling the room the booth? No, no, no. I've got a physical booth now. It's like a, it's not as cool as like my friends, Michael and uh, Shannon. They've got an, uh, they've got a fucking whisper room. They got it for an absolute steal. Uh, audio bite, if you're there for all your voiceover needs. Um... And they basically, yeah, just have this amazing whisper room. This is like, you know those, uh, they're called Framery, I believe. And it's kind of a glass door with a rather soundproof thing. It's generally where people host meetings and everything like that. Yeah, it's not 100% ideal, but I picked it up for an absolute song at the time. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was like 1200 bucks. And it's pretty decent. Oh, dude, for what it is, it was a remarkable difference with not having, like... Just a lot of reverb. Look, you you do sound good there. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. We'll just get you more um, foam. More I'll, pads. I'll, I'll give you... I've got, like, two giant ones on the wall that aren't being used anymore, so we'll run with that. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll happily take them. I don't know yeah. how much I can put up at the rental, but, you know. Oh, you just get a lot of stickers. If you get enough stickers, you'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, God, it has been... Okay, I think we need to go for a deep dive and actually see how long it's been because we've been passing each other, like we've seen each other in passing a long time. Yeah, you, you and I have been working, but we haven't worked on this podcast yet. Right, and oh my god, it. I'm not even sure what episode we're up to. I think this might be 22. Well, are we still on Spotify? Uh, we, we should be. Uh, you know what? I'm going to open up Spotify right now while we're recording because I think that's just going to be interesting to see that if we type in everything be able to find us right we still exist we've got we've got our 200 listeners to us i think well we have well we had we'll yeah see, we'll see what comes back right but now we're we're a little bit smarter we're a little bit older i don't know about smarter we're definitely older oh god yeah we'll talk about that won't we but should we just roll, roll the intro i think it's appropriate to roll an intro It has been so goddamn long and I am so goddamn happy. I'm Cricket. I'm Wombat. And it has been three years almost to the day. We are like a couple of months off three years. Oh my God. That is, that is insane. Yeah. Like talk about reviving a dead horse. (laughs) This is necromancy at its finest of a podcast. I've never seen one come back. And I want, I just want someone to acknowledge that I nailed it. This is our 22nd episode. (laughs) Oh, if only we'd have done our 22nd episode on the 22nd of August. Wouldn't that have been grand? <laughs> we, we, we can just delay it. We'll publish it on the 22nd. Yeah, no, that's absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm v- I mean, no, this is totally live. It's the 22nd right now. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, let's. it is totally the 22nd. Well, okay, so this actually works <laughs> out really, really well. Um, to start off... I went and saw House of the Dragon last night. Oh, I saw some red carpet. Yes, how was it? It, okay. Now, okay, so the 22nd is Monday. I think it all premieres on 
the Sunday. So it premieres on the 21st. Honestly... It was actually really good. Well, they they don't have D&D, which was the controversial thing from Game of Thrones. There were D&D crap writers or not, which I think everyone kind of agrees they were. Not that I want to crap talk people. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the funny thing, and I don't want to throw spoilers out there, but it was an amazing pilot episode. There were probably a few things. I haven't read Fire and Blood, uh, my now fiancé. Yes, I'm due to yes, be married. Yes, congratulations. All yeah, 200 of you, send him a congratulations. And she obviously is all across the Game of Thrones lore, is an absolute geek when it comes to it. And I think, like most drug addicts, you come back for once and then sometimes you're going to feel a bit burnt. And for the most part, I would agree, is that it came across really, really well. They did a lot right. There were some really intense moments that worked perfectly. And it's... Okay, consider this to be, like, episode one in the Game of Thrones universe. Like, no pun intended on literally episode one. But how episode one of Star Wars was very much all politics, that's the game more so. There was just a lot... And people did say as the seasons went on that, like, there's... You know, it's not as political as it used to be. There's not as much backstabbing. So ho- hopefully that's a good return for the series. Yeah, and I actually really enjoyed that. It it allowed itself to be paced really, really well. Up until <laughs> it apparently shit the bed in the last five minutes of the episode. Oh, it's one of those pilots. It's one of those where it sh- But not... Okay, oh, no. It sucks. shat the bed in, like, a lore. L-O-R-E way. Okay, so if you're not familiar with the lore, it's not like the episode went to crap? It's Well, actually, okay, so there are things where I feel like just some of the statements that were made in this last section almost feel like they retcon the entire purpose of, like, (laughs) the Targaryen line. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave spoilers out there. Um, Oh, I have heard a lot of controversy about this. I I, I think maybe if um, when we get to episode two and it's been out, we can address it. But even just what I've heard, I'm kind of like... I mean, sure, there's opinions, but I feel like it's technically spoiler territory, so I, I don't know if I want to go Yeah, there. no, no, no. I absolutely want to do the right thing. And just say, go out, you will enjoy it. It's it's really well done, and I'm glad that I got to go see it on the red carpet. That was actually really, really cool. They decked, Yeah, that looked really cool. They decked out, like, um, Hoyt's in the entertainment quarter. So they had, like, a giant faux castle and everything like that. And, yeah, it actually made it really, really cool. So they really set up the environment, free alcohol, I love these events, and free tickets. Just checking, so it will release on the 22nd, so uh, we'll, we'll time this release. Yeah, we'll release. What are you doing with that? But, as re- remember, folks, in Australia, you can get it on binge, or we are the pirate nation after all. I'm not condoning piracy. <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So I had to get that out of the way. I just wanted to, like, a weird flex of, like, I went to a goddamn TV premiere. Who does that? Yeah, so, so, someone's moving up in the world. Oh, huh? no, it's the other half is moving up. I'm riding her coattails. Till she <laughs> get, she'll get famous and then I'll be able to be, like, the house husband. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's like a half dream, right? The house spouse. The house spouse. There you go, house spouse. <laughs> and what about you? The kids what will about? be all yours. Uh, no, can't say I've been to a red carpet. No. Well, what about what Well, you I have, doing? but I mean, I haven't, I haven't, you know, been to a big one recently. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But what about it? What have you been doing? Like, we, we have, we've got three years to cover, and maybe not, but what's been happening? I've noticed you've, uh, you took the plunge, you went from Twitch, 
and you were streaming quite a bit uh, last time we did a podcast. And now you are a talker of ticks, is that right? Yes, I, I joined the TikTok community. Um, that is something I've done. I am a boomer in the community, which is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> ah, oh, that caught me just right. It, it's weird, though. It's something that sort of I realized was happening when I was at film school, which I think I was just starting film school as we wrapped up, now graduated. But, um, like, I'm I'm not that much older than everyone, but I am absolutely the boomer and get called as such, and it is totally on point. <laughs> Are you just covering all these old school games? <laughs> no, not even. Like, I'm, I'm getting some of the new games. I, I mostly am just doing gaming stuff for those interested in TikTok. Um... And, like, I'll be doing Harry Potter when that launches and whatnot. Uh, Hogwarts oh, Legacy, naturally. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 weird feeling this old. <laughs> uh, dude, it's, it's kind of interesting that you've kind of gone down that route because uh, for those of us who have been out of it, Wombat's TikTok is called Gamesplaining, is that right? Oh, so the series is Gamesplaining, but the TikTok's still just my name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Wombat GTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, game planning. How did that come about? Fill me in. So I've been. I was doing the shorts. I started earlier in this year. I started doing game reviews and shorts, and they, you know, pretty well received. There were some of them. We you know, a couple of dozen views. Come some of them a couple of hundred, and the good ones a couple of thousand, which I thought was a good start. But I would wake up every day, research the news, do the shorts, and that was basically my entire day to write, shoot, edit, and publish these things. And I was like, this isn't sustainable seven days a week. So I thought, what if I just, I'll, I'll just be a week behind. And every Monday, I'll just catch up on the last week, write everything into one script, shoot that, and then hopefully I'd edit it, publish it by the Tuesday. And then I kept a couple of small stories for shorts, and that's just kind of what it is. So gamesplaining is just everything that happened in gaming in the last week. And it means I can get my five days back. Because <laughs> really, that's it. It's just so time-consuming to actually do it every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can see why TikTokers really have to hustle. In like I admire, it I admire really is. that even though they don't monetize, so they have that weird gray area of what you should start doing. Wombat is getting all these like bingo gamers to just pin the comment and start making like the odd three bucks here and there on a pinned comment, and you know eventually you'll work your way up, and then you can basically just shove people charge three fifty. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Once you get like higher and higher views, you then eventually jump people over to your YouTube channel where you can essentially monetize, or you move over to uh, Patreon or OnlyFans. Yeah, because TikTok's weird in that you can't I, monetize. I think it's probably for the best. I don't think we really want to be monetized. I don't, I don't know. Like TikTok is really making a lot of money, and there are creators out there who like have millions of views a day and aren't seeing that money. Like I, I, I think that's I think odd. yeah. What you would find is that they would make the jump. They would have a YouTube channel where they can start monetizing. Because you do like the teaser of the TikTok video and then jump them across. Oh, and how YouTube Shorts is nothing but TikToks. Is... Oh, right. That's that's weird. And YouTube Shorts are getting so big. But, you know, YouTube won't let you, like, none of your stats from Shorts count. Really? Yeah. Because, like, I, I've literally got hundreds, um, I think at the moment, thousands of hours of YouTube Shorts in, like, the 30-day period. And none of them count towards, like, my monetization or my channel views or anything. Interesting. I, I could pull the stats up now, even. Yeah. No, there's been a lot going on. I know that like we haven't really done many particular interviews. The last time I think we did 
I think we've only done 80 at the moment, and I think I'm definitely roaring to go get more. But for those of us, uh, for those of our listeners who were listening, uh, our friend Amy Smith, who is an amazing voice actress here in Australia, has really been making some waves. You can jump on her IMDb, but through COVID is an interesting thing. Um, it's been very interesting for the arts. I suppose we should address that because that entire pandemic happened during our, uh, let's call it an off season. Yeah, that's a hell of an off season to have, right? And Amy, for example, like has always been this remote voice actor. She has her fingers in so many pies worldwide. It's amazing. And basically, she ended up landing a few anime, which is a really big deal. I think utilizing the likes of Sound Cadence Studios and a few others who ended up doing the dubs, they threw their reach out worldwide. So we're getting more and more international actors, and I literally mean international. You nowadays can record anywhere, as we're doing now, uh, utilizing the technology that we are, and you can land a gig anywhere. Um, and that's what was happening during COVID. Take uh, Attack on Titan for any fans who were there. That entire second last season, well, and no, the final season, I apologize, was basically all recorded in isolation. So... They sent their engineers out to these voice actors' homes, got them set up in some capacity to record remotely. It took the production team a little longer to make sure that all the audio was going to match and that it was all going to be completely even, and you cannot tell the difference. That is the power of good quality recordings. I tell you what, though, the, even COVID isn't the first time we've seen proper remote recording, not even just for voice, but for in-person Mm. Um, I don't know how many people remember The Hobbit. Yeah. But The Hobbit was out about 10 years ago now, and Christopher Lee couldn't make it to set because he wasn't well enough. So he had scenes with, I'm pretty sure it was Kate Blanchett, and I think he had a few other scenes probably with um, Ian McKellen. As you do. But they, they never met, but they're on screen together. And for all the slack The Hobbit got, I don't think people picked up that he was never on set. And that's not even just like trying to pull voices together. That is merging two different locations, two different sets into one scene and not having people notice. Like, this remote work has been possible for ages. It's really cool to see it happening. Yeah. And obviously, as actors, we have been needing to just send shit off. We do a lot of Zoom workshops, a lot of Zoom auditions. And I mean, in fairness, as actors, we're just needy in general. Oh, always, mate. Always. If we, if we weren't needy, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> please like us. Right. Please like and subscribe. It's And tell your friends about us. We're back. Your friends, Cricket and Wombat, are back. So, yeah, let's go from here. I am just... Let's deep dive. What have you been watching? Honestly, I haven't watched anything since Kenobi. <gasps> Holy shit, son. Really? Uh, but between the fact that, like, Kenobi left me an emotional wreck and just how much sort of editing I've been doing to keep the social medias up, I actually haven't had time to sit down and watch TV. That is insane. I mean, like, good for you in the sense that <laughs> it's it's keeping you occupied. Okay, so ju just a quick caveat. I usually hate that term, good for you, because every time I hear it, it always sounds so, it's so sarcastic. bloody sarcastic. <laughs> but oh, in, the, in, in the honest you. sense... 
right? You go, good for you, because you're doing really well. It, that's the sense. I love the fact that you're keeping yourself occupied through all of this. But Kenobi was the last thing. What did you think about the internet's reaction to it all? How they were just so bloody toxic. I, I didn't get a lot of that, to be honest. Like, I, I'm on the Reddits. Um, I'm not on all the Star Wars Reddits, because I have left the sort of more toxic ones. I just... I can't be bothered with mm. it even if they have good memes I, I don't want it in my feed i don't want to support it god no. so i think most of what i saw was actually really positive reactions from the reddits that i was yeah. on or the other um you know platforms i'm on that way that's circulating and my friends and i uh you know the star wars friends just back yeah. and forth to each other constantly i like this i like this i like this I, we might talk about things that we would have done different or thought that were better but Overall, we all just loved it. There, there wasn't much toxicity that I experienced from it. Fair. I'm going to do you a, a little favor. I'm going to bring on a guest when I'm back from Victoria, um, who I've, I've wanted to chat to probably for a, a while. Um, have you seen the Star Wars fan film a Blaster in the Right Hands? Oh, yes, I have. You have? Okay, so I've actually gotten to know Rich uh, DiCavallo pretty well. And yeah, he is an absolute blast. So I'd love to just get him on and we just talk everything Star Wars. That'll be fun. That, 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 that'll be an episode just for me. I mean, for the, for the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll get him to take photos and actually like, you know, if we can get a physical in the room interview, that'd be grand because I can get him to bring in all the actual props and set designs because they did physical set design for certain shots. Like they went the full old school Star Wars route of just like having a um yes oh I don't even know what they're called the Imperial uh, transport ships the small ones with the the wings that kind of fold up like a DeLorean oh yes they made one of those and it's like an amazing little set piece and obviously just shot it like they would uh, I like that TV shows are returning to not necessarily just practical but a good hybrid of practical and cgi i think it's so healthy for the industry and for the people Absolutely. on set like don't get me wrong as actors stick us in a green screen will work that's the we job. play pretend but it's so fun yeah it's so fun to have more than a tennis ball yes speaking as someone who's green screened <laughs> It would cause absolute chaos, so I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and we can yeah discuss everything Star Wars, which means I will be the one. I will kind of be the third wheel. I'm not. <laughs> look, no, I I adore Star Wars. Um, you know, I love science fantasy, and it, it's just fun schlocky goodness, no matter where it is. It is, and I think that's the big thing. It's fun. Like there, there's lots of good TV shows out there, but a lot of them require an investment. And don't get me wrong, Kenobi really hit me, but I think that really played on you know exactly my age group who grew up with the prequels. Oh yeah. But most of the stuff, like Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, there's absolutely emotional stuff in there. But I think the primary thing that comes out of it is it's a fun show to watch, and that's what makes it so special. I think because um, their lineup is interesting on the Star Wars universe. They are doing an Ahsoka live action series, right? Rosario Dawson yes. is coming back for that. Um, Very much. And Andor. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that should be fun. That's coming out soon. Are we can okay, I need to know whether or not we're gonna get K2SO. I know that Alan Tujic is busy doing <laughs> um Resident Alien. And that's a fun little show if you haven't watched it. It's on the sci-fi network in the States. Um I think it might be on Stan here, but Alan Tujic's just an absolute joy to watch. If you're someone that just loves like comedy in a science fiction realm, K2SO is like Rogue One, I reckon is the Star Wars movie of the late 
90s, 20s. You, you know Rogue One wasn't in the 90s, right? You know what I mean. Out of every Star Wars, <laughs> out of every Star Wars film that was released from 1990, which probably includes the Christmas special. Um, no, I think that might have been about no, that, 86, that was 80s. wasn't it? It was 80s. So, yeah, we didn't... It was episode one. From episode one all the way up to now, I still hold Rogue One in the highest standard. It is such a good film. And it, it's getting released in IMAX again. Oh, I'll have to go see that. I really enjoyed Rogue One. I, it's, but it's we don't not... have an IMAX theater in Sydney. Oh, because they dismantled it. I actually constantly forget that. Well, okay, as far as I've been made aware, because the last thing I saw was The Force Awakens. We've got to see it in IMAX before Hold they Hold up. Yeah. You haven't seen anything since then? No, at, in IMAX. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, you may continue now. Yeah, no, 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 no. The last thing I saw in IMAX was The Force Awakens. And that was absolute chaos. But no, they are building, uh, they're rebuilding the IMAX in Darling Harbour. It's going to be interesting. Returns late 2021 is what they say. Whether or not that'll actually go uh, well, ahead. I mean, we're, we're past 2021, so that's not yeah, happening. I know. It's late. It's very late 2021. <laughs> you know, we're, we're actually technically in late 2019 because I'm still processing 2019. Look, that that's fair. I was, I was about to say some people are still processing this is 2020. So you know what? If it's out by really? next year, I will give them a pass. It wouldn't be too bad. It'd be great to go into the city again and see something on the world's biggest screen. I mean, will it still be world's biggest? Uh, it will be in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> I think it's all. it was always the world's biggest in the Southern Hemisphere. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> that's hilarious. So I was trying to get across a few shows. Um... One was quite interesting because it got cancelled after a season, courtesy there's of Netflix. There's a lot of that recently. Yeah, most of them is Netflix. But there's a lot of, like, we'll, we'll greenlight you after the pilot. Great, we want seven seasons. Actually, we're cutting you at one. Yeah, so one of those is called uh, First Kill. Now, First Kill, I guess you would define it as a supernatural teen drama. Uh, it's an... <sighs> It's basically an LGBT story, basically about a vampire hunter and a vampire. Uh, it's it's ten- a lot of trending things in there. A lot of trending things in there. It was created by V.E. Schwab, um, who is a novelist, and yeah, this is kind of her first foray into television. It, it was originally created like I think it was based on a short story, more than anything. So Victoria slash V.E. Schwab, uh, if any readers out there, the Shades of Magic series um, is kind of her thing. She was quite young, so she's only 35, so she's already leagues ahead of us. And, yeah, had her first book done in something like 2013. So, yeah, she would have been like 25, maybe even before then. So, yeah, she's way ahead. And this is her first foray into television. And I can't... I don't know whether she was actually the screenwriter for this, but there were a few things that I found. It's basically, um, the whole series is meant to be like in conversation with Twilight as a series. <laughs> as in like, you know, a direct response or? I, I, I don't know whether I want to say a direct response, but what's interesting is kind of how it opens. Um, cause Twilight for those that uh, everyone would have to know it by now is that Edward Cullen and his family, they're a couple of hundred years old by then, but still are perceived as teenagers because it's based off, like, when they were turned, right? Yeah, doesn't that kind of make it pedophilia? 
I, I believe that was the controversy. But in this, the lead character, she is actually 16. Like, like le- character or actor? No, no, character. Character, character, okay. character. Uh, Juliet. And she's actually 16. Like, the way it opens up is that this is a vampire baby that has been birthed naturally. Right. Ha- grows up grows up, and has, like, a, a semi-normal human life. And apparently, like, we get it. It's a metaphor for puberty. <laughs> um, you know, she's going through her stages. She's taking blood pills and then eventually has to take her first kill, hence the title of the series. Roll credits. Um, roll credits. <laughs> right. Dun, dun, dun. And... She- all of a sudden, she kind of uh, shares romantic feelings with a girl called Calliope. I only got past the pilot, and I think that's as far as I really want to go. But just because there's... Well, I mean, if the show's cancelled, you don't really want to give it too much investment. No. Uh, I-, I feel like I want to just do some popcorn throwing, um, just for the sake of it, because there's nothing wrong with throwing <laughs> some popcorn. But there's just been some issues of like writing of the show where one of the worst things that you can do is exposition. Now, when you get characters really laying it out there and just kind of, this is the rules of the world and all of this, you're a vampire, so we have to go do this and all this, this and this and that. I'm a vampire hunter and I have to do this to you. All of that kind of garbage. And, okay, I don't know whether you've ever seen uh, the Charlie Kaufman film adaptation with Nicolas Cage. No, I haven't actually seen a lot of Cage. Oh, okay, you're missing out. There's uh, Brian Cox, who's actually going to be in Sydney. Uh, His character talks about, and God help you if you use a voiceover, when... You have voiceover in TV really starting everything. Like, that's how you open and you run with that trope quite a bit. You know you're in for a bit of a ride. I mean, it it can work. It's not the best example of a show, but look at How I Met Your Mother. I don't think anyone sort of got sick of the voiceover every show. It became part of the staple. How I Met Your Mother was a little different, though. We had a reason for what the voiceover is. Like, there was a reason that you were let into that process by, oh, this is a dad regaling the story of literally eight years of How He Met His Mama. His mother, their mother, far out. That's just even... Technically, I think it's over seven. But um, the, the the point being, I, I don't think you can blanketly say, you know, you're in trouble if there's voiceover or something. Like, no, sometimes they absolutely work. I get that it's overused and whatnot and can very much be boring or a poor choice. But it also absolutely works if you make it work. If you make it work. I, I think absolutely. one of the biggest things, especially when it comes to that, is like expositional dialogue is you don't have enough time to refine the script. Like one of the things that I'm really finding the more I spend on the production side of camera is... You just never have enough time for things. No, very true. All, all these sort of criticism and definitely things that I slash you and I have said in previous podcasts. It's like, yeah, you could probably fix more with time. That's probably what <laughs> happened. Very just true. Just under the pump. With with being behind the camera, you're going to notice a few things. So I want you to go to episode one of First Kill on Netflix. It's about, I want to say 20 minutes in. It's a scene in a graveyard. Oh, so I'm, I'm doing this live? You don't need to do it live, but, I mean, if you've got quick access to Netflix, what we'll do is we're going to take a brief interlude. Cue the Jeopardy music. <laughs> okay, so Wombat decided to have a look at it. He says he couldn't, but then again, Wombat's colorblind, so I won't take him at 100%. I, I, I didn't exactly say that. I said I can see a change in aesthetic, but I don't see a change in camera. Yeah, it's... You might have to watch it a few times, but we just noticed it and we're like, what in the ever-loving hell is going on here? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyhow, I've also been across another TV show called Extraordinary Attorney Woo. Is, it, is this another law show? Because there are a lot of law shows. It is a Korean... I, I don't want to call it a legal drama. I'd call it a legal show. Simply because of the fact that it just does so much more. There's wonderful... Um, I don't know. I really don't know how to describe it. But okay, basically the premise is that uh, Wu Young Woo is an autistic lawyer, uh, works at like a, a massive law firm and has an eidetic memory as well. Um, so it is obviously a savant. I'm sorry, are you talking about suits? <laughs> no. Well, okay. So the thing is, is that she's autistic and um, obviously has trouble communicating. Isn't exactly non-verbal, but there are certain tropes that they do lean into and she does um, attempt to build strong arguments based on her memory. Like the idea is that she was basically non-verbal up until like the age of five and then all of a sudden started consuming um, books on Korean law. And that's kind of how she got into the practice and everything and so has just this wonderful knowledge of it all. I, I will reserve judgment, but I will also say that Hollywood has not recently to my knowledge, had a good run at trying to take on um sort of autistic characters oh, yeah. and displaying them in a reasonable or realistic manner. No, no, no. Well, that's the I, thing. I, I have doubts is basically what I'm saying as, as to how well that it plays out. I mean, it is South Korean, so, you know, I don't... Which is very true. It might be a lot better in that we don't have that major Hollywood influence. Yeah, so there is that idea of constantly trying to break down, you know, common misconceptions of um, people with autism, you know, lacking emotional intelligence and um, obviously being neurodiverse, making it a little difficult. But then there's also these wonderful quirks that come out and, I don't know, I, I, I just really love what they're doing um, and just kind of the emotional insights that Youngwoo has as a character towards everything. And also it's... There's the typical, I don't know whether you've seen any other Korean shows, but there is always the, uh, you know, the meet cute that characters get at times when your two leads are going to meet. Um, yeah. basically he gets hit with the Korean wind of destiny, um, as he kind of looks at her <laughs> and the yeah. Korean wind of destiny, the, the Korean wind of destiny, go watch the first episode of, uh, extraordinary attorney where, and you'll see what I mean when you, f uh, so Lee Jun Ho is the character's name. And I I've never been in this kind of yell at the TV of like, no, don't do it. But I'm heavily involved <laughs> in this of like, no, you leave Jun Ho alone. And I love it. It's it's one of those things that I don't really get to do. Um, <laughs> trying to think if I've ever been that inv invested in one. No, like, it, don't get me wrong. I get emotionally invested, but I don't think I've yelled at the TV for anything. Yeah, it's and it's in that kind of fan. That's not true. Way. I've definitely yelled at the news. <laughs> oh, we we don't need to talk about that. We don't need another. <laughs> We're in a. Oh, okay. Quick political recap is for those listeners overseas. We finally um, got a better government. That's not a high bar, just in case anyone's wondering. I know, but let us run with it for the love of God. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to go into the current, uh, shall we say, scandal, for lack of much of a better word. Which one? The, that our 
uh, former prime minister swore himself into like five different offices uh, in addition to the prime minister without telling the public or other ministers. So he was just in charge of things. This I will add from the guy who, when asked about things in other department, would just say, that's not, not my, my job. job. <laughs> it certainly was his job, It actually. in fact was his job on multiple ways. Not that he told anyone. Yeah, it turns out he couldn't even make himself the bloody arts minister. That... Ay. Well, it just wouldn't be very artistic. Oh, uh, yeah, tell me about it. It just, no, you tell you what, it wouldn't be meta. No, it definitely wouldn't, but we don't trust in governments. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the arts, we don't trust the government. No, we certainly don't, unless they give us funding, we don't trust in In which the case, we love you all. Oh, always. We love the people. We should, if we were smart enough, we'd start like a Patreon. I don't know what we'd do. We just, what we can do is we can just have exclusive videos of us sitting down eating chips. <laughs> Alright, let, let us know in, I don't think you can leave comments on a podcast, but let us know on Twitter if you want to see that. We still have a Twitter. Do you have access to that? I have my Twitter. I, I think I still have access to the pop Instagram. I have no idea about the Twitter. Yeah, no, that's... We'll, we'll look into that off stream. <laughs> we will definitely look that off stream. Hmm. No, now I'm wondering. You've done it to me, Wombat. What what have I done now? Oh, just you know. I'll see if you can like. And tell you what, Google knows everything about me. Surely it knows my Twitter password. <laughs> what else have you seen? Oh, I tell you what. One more. What is the favorite thing you've seen in the last three years? Favorite thing I've seen. Yeah. I want to say that I was actually really impressed by Elvis, um, but only for Austin Butler. Um, so that was actually the most, that was the most recent thing I saw outside of House of the Dragon. Um, when saw Elvis and by God, if Austin Butler doesn't win an Oscar, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> like it's a very typical Baz Luhrmann film, but I think that it wouldn't have gotten the clout that it did if Austin Butler's performance wasn't there. It was just something completely different. Now for any cinephiles out there who know what like a screen test is, um, it's basically the period before actors are signed. They will go into costume. They'll interact with other actors who are lined up for the part. You can Generally also when see you're this... pretty close to locking in casting, but aren't sure. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the best explanation I can give, and I'm afraid I can never give it again. <laughs> Without missing a beat. <laughs> so, yeah, never. that's basically what a screen test is. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who just may have wondered what happened, um, NBN, I'm assuming? NBN. I, I dropped out as we started this, but luckily we hadn't started recording this, so now, of course, the NBN has to attack cricket, to make sure it gets a mention here. So, of course, NBN, here we are. You are as f***ing useless as ever, and that is my definite one. Per I podcast. will make sure that you actually hit record on that, because otherwise I'm going to be sitting here silently like an absolute idiot. <laughs> so as long as you hit record your audio, it'll be absolutely fine. It might, My audio's recording, but um, I, okay, I, I don't fine. have any of yours. No, that's okay. I just wanted to make sure that you got that. Because yeah, if you haven't figured out, folks, we are we are not in a booth together. We are not in the same room. No, we decided that we're going to be the remote people because we lead busy lives. That and I can't walk. No. Oh God, you need to let people know. Oh yeah, I I so I I do stunts and somehow manage to completely disable my ability to walk with the lamest thing ever, a warm up. 
So I don't even have a good story for it. It's literally, I was walking, I misstepped, and it went. It was so bad to the point where the foot couldn't move. Like, I couldn't utilize the muscles in my leg to move my foot up, down, left, right, anything. If you were following Wombat on his uh, TikTok and slash YouTube, then maybe it would work. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll probably have an idea. The Crutches made it into at least one of the episodes on YouTube. I think I managed to avoid it for the most part because I didn't want to be like having this big shift sort of early-ish into some of the content. So yeah. I, I managed to sort of stay off it for a bit. There's a couple of weeks there where like I'm held up by Crutches because there's no other option. Mm. But I, I, did, I did mask it pretty well. I, I got to say I'm getting better with this editing thing. No, You'd hope so after good. getting a goddamn film degree. I thought you didn't get a film degree. Well, no, I, I technically have an associate's degree. I, I finished most things, but I ran out of hex before I could sort of tick off the final... I think it's two units I needed to complete to get the degree. Okay, interesting. Yeah, two two units. No, that's not so bad. Oh. But then it's just way too much. <laughs> it's way too much money. Well, yeah, that I think that would be like 11500 up front. Yeah, that's a lot of money. We actors don't have. It's like, I don't have that. Yeah, not many yeah. people have. Mm. All right, well, yeah, so Elvis was basically the go-to for me. Um, yeah, you can you can actually watch the screen test that Austin Butler did, and it's mesmerizing, because even before he'd gotten the goddamn role, he was basically Elvis. That's what was amazing to me, is, yeah, before it all, I mean that that's right? probably why it was cast. And yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not like a to, to pull a bit of controversy, not like a, a Han Solo recasting where they just grabbed someone because they thought he looked like it and then the rest of the fan base didn't think he looked like a young yeah. Harrison Ford. <laughs> that was interesting. There's still I'm not gonna I'm I'm going to save that topic for when, when we do a <laughs> You'll save it on show. that one. As long as we don't talk about solo, you'll be fine. I'm <laughs> It's, it's not even... Yeah, okay. I just move on or I'm going <laughs> to no, keep no, talking. No. Um, I really enjoyed Top Gun as well. Maverick. You know what? I did too. I did try to rewatch the original and I know people will hate me for this, but I found it so boring. We actually wow. turned it off. But I got to say, yeah, the new one, I did really enjoy it. It's not necessarily my type of film. Like, I, I'm absolutely a basic bitch if that's your if that's your preferred designation like that's that's my thing i, I like to be simple and entertain but maybe well was that was the really thing fun. they chose to do simple and they did it really well i think the only unbelievable thing was that a whole bunch of like gen y and zoomers knew all the lyrics to great balls of fire <laughs> that was probably it but there's that Look, that, that might be a, an American It might be, thing. but you I did love know. that moment as when Maverick gets kicked out of the tavern that he's kind of just looking at all these pilots. He's like, don't be a dad, don't be a dad, don't be a dad, don't be a dad. Oh my God, I'm a dad to 12 <laughs> pilots now. <laughs> right? He's just like having a great kind of moment. And yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. You could, you could pick the emotional beats quite well, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We knew where this story was leading. No, it's, it's exactly. fun. And I, I know that how ridiculous it is, but I absolutely love the moment. And it's in every Tom Cruise film at least once where he suddenly just does the unbelievably impossible. You know, like that moment where he took the fighter on the, the what is it, like the 215 yeah. or something. Um, It's like, it's ridiculous, but it's fun. That's yeah, what Yeah, so there were two moments are. in that that really got me. Um, 
Okay, so quick fact of that low flying shot where they're like really lo- where he's really low to the ground. There's, There's the one where he's them, like yep. fifty feet, like so low to the ground that it almost seems impossible. Yeah, um, that yeah. was a specific pilot that they used, and he was one of the few people that was actually authorized to fly the jet that low in the <laughs> world. I'm pretty sure, and they had like one take to do it. Mm, there, there's um, another one where they get pretty low, but I don't think that low. Where like they literally shake the roof off a house. <laughs> yes, uh, that was not scripted. Wow. Okay. It, it was like I believe it was a set built house and it's a small like work thing. It's not like someone's residential apartment. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the jet flies over. They got the shot and the roof just like. Oh, that's awesome! And yet, apparently, that was not scripted or planned. Go figure. The other part was uh, I. I was really glad to just see that Val Kilmer kind of got his swan song with it, as much as uh, you know he can't speak anymore. And I, I actually got pretty teary during that. It was. Yeah, I think I think they handled it really well. I like when they sort of utilize the real world circumstances in movie, but they don't necessarily tie it. Yeah, and so like it just it just played in really well. Yeah, and so it was great. Um, also, if you get the chance, if you are one who subscribes to our Overlords of Amazon Prime, uh, go go and <laughs> watch the documentary uh, Val. It's basically it's just like ninety minutes. It's not long, but it's Val Kilmer who's basically had like a video camera in his hand almost since he was born and basically kind of documents his whole career and it's fantastic because all the cinematography is him it's it's val with a camera that'd be interesting it's that i don't know if you see it but there's a lot of memes going around of the actors make the films with just where actors have camera i don't know it's funny to me maybe it's a stretch Maybe that's a very niche meme market. I might move on from there before I dig any holes. Yeah? Oh, my God. Okay, no, we're going to save this. Registers, yo, <laughs> this is... Oh, my glob. Scott Morrison registers private company and appoints himself director. I... No, yep, that's a thing. What? Is this breaking news? This is like... This is about three hours ago, but... Man... So, we've just had a major political update on the former PM... So we just need to take a brief moment mentally to be like, oh God, Australian hang politics. Hang on. So three hours ago, he announced the private thing. Yeah. As of 47 minutes ago, he's announced that he will not be resigning from parliament though. Oh my God. Sorry, folks. We I just said to needed myself, this. I'm not going to rage. I said to myself, I'm not going to do a political rage, but oh On man, that note, go for it, Wombat. <laughs> No, 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 my health is not doing that. <laughs> but what the f*** are you serious? How can you be like a private entity making all that money while we pay you and you're not even f***ing turning up to work? I just realised there are new neighbours with kids who moved in and they're right next door. I actually shouldn't be doing this. And on that note, <laughs> we will see you next time, folks. I'm Cricket. I'm Wombat. Take care. And cut.